0: Welcome to The Exchange. I'm Dan Riley. The Exchange is a streaming internet talk show and podcast of interviews with noteworthy people about their lives, ideas, and current events. This week I sit down with Ivana Zorch, curator of the Nikola Tesla Museum in Belgrade, Serbia. During our conversation, Ivana talks about the personal life of Nikola Tesla, the breadth of his various inventions, and the resurgence of his popularity in modern times. Welcome to the show. Today I'm sitting down with Ivana Zorch, uh, the curator at the Nikola Tesla Museum in Belgrade, Serbia. Uh, Ivana, thank you for taking the time to talk about Nikola Tesla and his life.
1: Thank you for visiting our museum and thank you for showing interest in Nikola Tesla.
0: Thank you. Um, I'd like to start by learning a little bit about Tesla the man, who he was, where he came from, uh, where was he born and what was his early childhood like here in Serbia and in Croatia?
1: Well, Tesla was not born in Serbia. In that time, it was Austrian territory. Mm. He was born in little village Smiljan in Lika, it's province of Croatia today. But when Tesla was born, it was Austria. Most people say that he was born in Austro-Hungaria, but that's not quite true. Austro-Hungaria was founded a few years later. Mm. So his uh, country of his origin. Formerly is Austria, and today the house where he was born is in Croatia. But he was a Serb, that's why his museum is here in Belgrade. Uh, his father was Orthodox priest, mm. and he, as a son of a priest, he was expected to become a priest as well. <laughs> but he was not very interested in that, and somehow he decided to become a scientist. Mm.
0: Was he always interested in science? Did, did people know from the time he was young that he was a genius?
1: Uh, well, he showed some interest in his early years. In his childhood, he liked to read very much in the library of his father and his uncles. And also, he uh, usually said that his mother was a very smart woman. Hmm. Of course, he did, she didn't have any connection with modern Uh, modern life and modern inventions, but he said that she had some uh, small inventions which helped her in in the house, and that he um, got his genius for inventing things from his mother, actually.
0: And what's the journey for, for him from being born in that small town in Croatia to ending up in the United States? At what age did he actually come over to the U.S.?
1: Uh, he went in went to the United States when he was 28 years old okay. and before that he studied for some time first in that part of today's Croatia
0: hmm.
1: and then he went to his studies in uh, Graz hmm. and then in Prague and spent a few years in Europe after that as well. Uh, he spent some time in Maribor, it's Slovenia today and then in Paris, and Strasbourg. He worked for Thomas Edison in that time, for Thomas Edison's con- continental company, mm. European branch of Edison's company. And in that time, in Strasbourg, he came to an idea to make first induction motors. But he couldn't find anyone who would invest in his ideas. Nobody understood what, what was his improvement in that field. So trying to find some investors, he got recommendations from Edison's company and decided to go to United States. And at first, he also worked for Thomas Edison company, but not for a very long time. And after that, he had his own companies for some time, but production of induction motors didn't start in that period. Neither. So after that, he met George Westinghouse, and that was the first man who understood his ideas and who mm-hmm. wanted to invest in his, his induction motors. And that was the start of a good period for Tesla's new inventions in the United States. He lived in New York, and Westinghouse Electric Company uh, bought some of his patents. The production of induction motors started, and also they started working with System of production, transmission, and distribution of electrical energy, mm-hmm. Tesla system of transmission, distribution of alternating currents instead of direct current, which, were, which was used before and used by Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. So that was so called war of currents mm-hmm. between AC, so called ACDC war, because between uh, two different concepts, Edison's. DC and Tesla's AC
0: and I want to unpack some of those different inventions and the first one is the induction motor take me back to the time where he is working on the induction motor and what that improvement in technology would mean for was it for transportation was it for just general improvement of life what would the induction motor actually be able to do and change in someone's life
1: well it's changed (laughs) many things uh People usually understand it much better if we say that we use induction motors today in our hair dryers, in our washing machines, in industry as well. So induction motors are all around us. Mm. What was new in Tesla's induction motors was that he used a magnetic field. Uh, There is a static part of induction motor, which is called stator, and rotating part, and there is no direct contact between them, no brushes, uh, no less durable parts of the motor. The rotor is moved just uh, thanks to magnetic field which is inducted in the motor. That was what what is new in, in Tesla's induction motor at the end of the uh, 80s in 19th century.
0: And that induction motor just allowed for greater amounts of energy to be created or what was the before the induction motor? What was the leading technology of the time that was trying to do the same thing that the induction motor? Uh, do? They
1: had a little bit different motors okay. with with some kind of brushes. Okay. And now we mostly use in our houses and in the industry. As I said, we use uh, Tesla's induction motors. And also for his induction motors, he used alternating, uh, polyphase alternating currents, which was also his invention.
0: Hmm. You mentioned the name Thomas Edison, and almost every American knows the name Thomas Edison. And probably up until the last 10 years, almost no one knew the name Nikola Tesla. Um, As I understand it, they had a rivalry that went throughout their entire life. And from the book that I read about Nikola Tesla, it seemed like Edison was the well-financed member of the two. Smart man, but was sort of looking for Nikola Tesla to create inventions that he could then go capitalize on monetarily. Um, talk about their relationship, uh, the differences between the two men, the similarities between the two men, and what ended up happening with the two of them.
1: Well, Thomas Edison was inventor, but he was also, as you said, uh, well-financed, and he was, we can say, industrial or something like that. And Tesla was, uh, in that time, less famous, and he didn't have financial resources, he wasn't very interested in finances. Uh, he needed money just for his projects. He wa- didn't want to, to get rich or something like that. His most important idea was uh, to present something new to humankind. And that's probably the difference because between those two personalities. And since Thomas Edison already had his empire built on, DC Tesla was a big rival, of course. That's why they had that uh, big war of currents. In some period, Edison even uh, used tel- Tesla's AC to kill some animals in public places, just to show that Tesla's electricity is dangerous. He wanted just to to preserve his. Uh, His position in the field of production of electricity. What was the problem with Edison's DC? Is that you couldn't transmit it to long distances. You can transmit DC just a few kilometers away from the power plant, or if you could, if you would want to transmit it to long distances, you would have you would have too much loss of energy. Mm. And in Tesla's concept, you can have huge power plant in one position and then transmit energy to very long distances with less loss of energy and that's what we do today just like in Tesla's time that's probably one of the main reasons that Tesla succeeded to win in that war of currents Uh, the big win in that war was first Chicago Fair in 1893 uh, Tesla and George Westinghouse got the job uh, to do all the lightings in Big World Fair in Chicago. And about 27 million people visited that fair. And they saw Tesla's inventions and they saw so-called City of Light in that time. That was the first step in Tesla's victory over Edison. And after that, just three years later in 1896, uh, Niagara Falls power plant started working and 9 out of 13 patents which were used for Niagara Falls power plant were Teslas, hmm. which actually shows his big contribution at that uh, important point in the history of electrical energy. That was first big power plant which used uh, Tesla system of production of electrical energy, and that was just the start. for example, in our country, in Serbia, just four years after Niagara Falls, we got first uh, small but first uh, power plant which used Tesla system. Hmm. And that's how it went in the rest of the world as well. And till today nothing is changed. Actually, hmm. the system is the same little technology improvements maybe in some transformers and but the process the principle is still the same how we produce energy how we transmit it to long distances and how we use it in our houses or in the industry factories
0: and in that relationship with Edison it seems like initially Edison saw the genius of Nikola Tesla and believed that he could capitalize on on his inventions for his company was there a point at which Nikola Tesla finally realized that he was maybe the pawn in the chess game, and that he was being used by Edison to make him money? And and how did how did Nikola Tesla sort of grow up and realize that you know you kind of need money in order to make inventions actually work? And how did that did that change him as a man?
1: Well, I'm not sure that it changed him. I think that he was well aware hmm. that his idea is. major improvement and he worked for Thomas Edison just for a short period of time as an engineer in his companies but pretty soon he realized that he couldn't do uh, what he needed to do with motors and electricity working for for Thomas Edison so Hmm. just like I said uh, he quit that job and
0: And it sounds like with George Westinghouse, there was a better relationship between the two of them. As I understand it, the Westinghouse company was based in Pittsburgh at that time. And what was the relationship like with Westinghouse? Did Westinghouse sort of appreciate the genius of Tesla and let him have the resources he needed to invent and create? Or what was the dynamic between the two of them?
1: Well, uh, I understand that uh, George Westinghouse just... Uh, understood Tesla's ideas and of course probably he had an idea how to earn money from that and he bought Tesla's patents, some of them and that's how he went producing uh, induction motors and and started the project on Niagara Falls and at some point they had some agreement uh, written agreement that Tesla would earn one dollar out of every horsepower produced. When they started producing uh, large amounts of energy, Westinghouse realized that Tesla will get really rich and <laughs> that his company won't be <laughs> in well position if he would pay all that money to Nikola Tesla. And when they discussed that with him, Tesla just uh, teared up the agreement and said that money is not most important for him. So that was actually that is a good example of his idea of money and earning money. Hmm. He just needed money for new projects and not for, for himself.
0: And I know as I understand it on when he died Nikola Tesla was not a wealthy man that he went through there was maybe times in his life where he had certainly more money than the average American would have, but it wasn't like one of these technology tycoons of today where he starts a foundation, he starts a company, everybody in the world knows who he is. What's the path from the genius of Nikola Tesla, creating all these technologies, having all these patents, to then dying in New York City in 1943, not penniless, as I understand it, but really not rich?
1: No, he was never really rich. He was not interested in that, as I said, but Uh, all his life in New York he spent in hotels in Manhattan in really nice hotels so he wasn't poor Mm. and he had really nice clothes as we can see from what we have here at the museum today from his legacy and so he spent some money on himself definitely but when he was quite old he didn't have much money that's for sure he got some money from Yugoslavia at that period, from the government, from mm. here. But as I said, he still lived in hotels, nice hotels in Manhattan, so he wasn't really penniless. Uh, he never had family, mm. so he didn't have to earn money for for his family either. So that's probably one of the reasons he was dedicated just just to science. That's why he never wanted to have his own house and his. Why for children mm-hmm. because he would have the same, uh, he thought that he would have to share the passion that he had for science, to share it with some people around him, and he, would, he wanted to focus just focus just on science. Hmm.
0: There was an article I read, I think last year about Larry Page, the CEO of Google. And when Larry Page was a young person, I think he was a teenager, he read a book about Nikola Tesla. And when he did that uh, and got to the end of the book and learned about how, you know, I think Tesla had sort of been crushed by some capitalists. And like you said, he wasn't a poor man, but he didn't die revered by the world and by the United States. And the st- as the story said in the article, Larry Page was crying at the end of the book. And this is long before he created Google. Uh, but I think it the story of Tesla made him mindful of the fact that people can use brilliant people for ends if if you aren't careful about it. And that obviously is not the case with Larry Page. I mean, he's one of the most famous (laughs) CEOs in the world. Um, Going back to this museum and downstairs, there is a a notation about um, Marconi and Nikola Tesla and the invention of the, the first radio or the distribution of the radio. And in 1943, as I understand it, after he died, the Supreme Court of the United States... Um, basically created a verdict or had a verdict saying that Nikola Tesla actually was the first inventor of the radio even though Tesla is now w- more well known because of the cars, because of the popularity of everything that he's done, he's done do you feel like most people understand that about Tesla and, and what did he do to create the radio, What what's the story of how he was able to actually do that
1: uh, well the end of nineteenth century was a period of big breakthroughs in different fields of engineering. Hmm. So it wasn't just Tesla or just Marconi, but many other scientists work in the same worked in the same field and came to some conclusions or results in the same way or in different ways. Hmm. So sometimes it's not very easy to judge who was the first or who, who was right, or oh. who used somebody else's ideas mm. to make something new. So basically what American Supreme Court judged, they said that Marconi just used some Tesla's patents and some patents of other scientists, Stone and Lodge, and that he made just a combination of those previous patents, mm. not making anything new, mm. but just a combination of something that already was invented. So that's why uh, Tesla got the patent of radio officially. But mostly in some books related to uh, history of technology or in encyclopedias or other books, mostly they say that Marconi is inventor of radio. Why wasn't that changed? Actually, I'm not sure. (laughs) But uh, what we can say is that Tesla was the first one in that field. But what he also worked on, for example, uh, x-rays. He made beautiful pictures of his leg and a hand, and actually, we don't know if it was his or somebody else's <laughs> head. <laughs> head or hand, but he made nice x-ray x-ray photographies in the same period with, when Röntgen was doing it. Mm-hmm. Who was the first one? Maybe it was Tesla, but he was not interested in patenting that. It was just some, maybe, side effect of (laughs) of some of his experiments. So, as I said, sometimes it's it's really not easy to decide who was the first one in that uh, really dynamic period in
0: science. Hmm. There's a section of the museum downstairs that's dedicated to his time in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Why did he go out there, and what... Are the main things that he worked on and was able to discover out out west in the U.S.
1: Well, he had laboratories in New York before that, but <laughs> probably New York was too overcrowded for for that kind of experiments. So he decided to go to some place where there was uh, less people and buildings uh, to make. Laboratory on some little hill Mm. with nothing around him and he made huge transformer today known as Tesla coil Mm. which which had voltage of 12 million volts Mm. and really high frequencies as well Uh, it was loud and he needed uh, to be alone to do the experiments of course with some helpers and that's how he made those great photographers probably most people have seen them, uh, Tesla sitting and reading the book, and with all those sparks and discharges around him. And what we can say about that photo is that was done with double exposure. Ex- yeah. Actually, sometime some kind of Photoshop of that time. Mm. First, they made a photo of Tesla sitting, and then on the same uh, negative, they uh, made a photo of the machine working with all those sparks. Pretty so clever. Yes, pretty clever, but he admitted that it was <laughs> double exposure. So uh, he, he started working with high frequencies and high, high voltages in that period. And then he continued in his new laboratory in Long Island.
0: Hmm. I want to talk about Tesla, the man. And I know phys- the, from the physical descriptions I know of Tesla, he, was, he reminds me in body type of like Jimmy Stewart. Very tall, very thin, could never put on weight. I think he was something like 6 feet 2, almost 2 meters tall, 140, 150 pounds in total. Um, If Nikola Tesla walked in the room today, who would he look like? What what did he look like?
1: Well, he was tall for that time, not 2 meters, maybe 1.86 or 7 Mm -hmm. as we can calculate calculate and his weight was the same almost all his life mm-hmm. he could never put on some weight that's just like you said in some periods he was taking care of his uh what he eats and what he drinks that's what we know from some documents mm-hmm. and living in hotels we know what he <laughs> ate for his breakfast because we have some bills and some papers about it but he was taking care of his health, yeah, and he was really, really thin and tall, and had mustache, mm-hmm. mustaches all the time. Uh,
0: Out, Maybe, outside of his physical, you were mentioning how well dressed he was; that he always was was dressed up in a suit and looked very sharp. It seemed like even though he worked so much of his life on inventions, people still knew him in the upper crest of the New York social life. That he was very good dinner company. Um, as you also mentioned, a lifelong bachelor, never was married, never has any kids. Did he have girlfriends? Was he not interested in relationships with with women? What What is the story about his personal life in that regard?
1: Uh, well, some people think that he was a lonely man. He spent all his life in laboratories. That not. That's not quite true. Uh, he had some friends. He went to some dinners, to theater, and really to the houses of his friends and spending some time with them and their families. Uh, we don't know about any relationship with any woman. Uh, here at the museum we have a large archive with a lot of uh, letters from some women but it looks like they were all his friends. Mm. Some of them married, some of them not. For example, uh, Catherine Johnson, who was a uh, wife of his really good friend, Robert Thunderwood Johnson, she wrote hundreds of letters to him, and it looks... They were really close friends, but it looks like uh, there's nothing more, mm. Much more in that story. Also, for example... Uh, a woman called May, May Klein was writing him letters for, I don't know, 30 years, for okay. example. We don't have his letters written to, to her, probably. Uh, probably he wrote to her because... Uh, but we, we don't know hmm. for sure because she wasn't famous enough mm-hmm. <laughs> for someone to preserve yeah. those letters. But we don't have any proof of any kind of relationship romantic relationship with any woman Hmm. in the United States or
0: anywhere else. You mentioned at the beginning of the interview that that his father was a priest and his father was interested in him potentially becoming a priest and he never did. Um, From what I've read about Tesla, he was not very religious or really not quite religious at all. He was interested in some of the philosophical ideas of Buddhism, as I understand it, Speak to what his religious beliefs were, if there were any what did he be- did he believe in a personal god was was he religious in any way
1: we don't know much about his religious views, just like you said we can read that he was studying some other religions, but we don't know for sure if he was really believing in any kind of any god or any any religion
0: hmm. And he died in 43. So the end before the end of the Second World War, but he lived through the First World War, he came to the United States, which makes me think he probably believed in democracy, or he certainly seemed to have some humanistic tendencies that he was interested in improving humanity through technology. Um, What were his political persuasions? Did he ever write on that? Do we know what his leanings were in in terms of his political beliefs?
1: Well, he was not very interested in, in politics, but he he had some interviews during the war, but mm, mainly not political, <laughs> yeah. but also uh, connected to some impact of new technologies on the war that was in progress. Mm. So not not mainly political. Uh, the other scientist from uh, this part of the world, uh, Mikhail Popin, had some. Uh, Political connections in the United States and also with Serbian people over there, and mm. uh, uh, having some public uh, talks about some some of his political views, but not that.
0: Mm. The last subject I want to go over is is the resurgence of the name Nikola Tesla in the world and how he's become much more popular over the last five or ten years. I would imagine a lot of that must have to do with the popularity of the new luxurious electric car company, Tesla Motors, by, created by Elon Musk. Um, is that the primary reason why people are talking about Tesla more now than they used to be? And if not, what are the reasons for Nikola Tesla becoming more more famous in the world today?
1: Well, I think that there are a lot of reasons. Of course, Tesla electric car is just one of them. Mm-hmm maybe in the United States, but not that that much in the rest of the world. But he's becoming popular in most countries Hmm. today. For example, in our country, Serbia, we have him on 100 dinners bill. We have his monuments uh, around the city. We have uh, Nikola Tesla Airport in Mm -hmm. Belgrade. Uh, We have him in our school programs. So from the Small kids, everybody knows what Tesla invented, mm. but it, in the rest of the world it wasn 't the case in in past years. But in the last maybe ten years or so, uh, people are just discovering him. Mm. Maybe one of the reasons was that he is that his patents are actually still alive. Mm. Some of the patents of other scientists from nineteen or the beginning of the 20th century were overcame by new technologies and some new discoveries made them a part of history and as I said Tesla's induction motor is still used in the same shape and with the same principles Tesla's alternating currents are all around us also production is the same as 100 years ago it wasn't uh, overcame, overcame by, by new technologies also what is actually becoming more more and more popular in past years are different wireless technologies and Tesla was also a pioneer in that field and that is maybe the most uh, important thing in, in this period mm. for example Tesla was we didn't mention that the pioneer of uh, remote control and he experimented with uh, different kinds of wireless transmission, transmission of messages, transmission of Energy. He wanted to transmit not just voice, not just energy, but also different kinds of messages all around the world. Mm. That was his idea of his world system of transmission. Mm. And in at the very beginning of 20th century, he actually predicted something that uh, in today's language would be GPS, GPRS, internet, uh, different systems. Maybe he didn't have idea how to to do that in that period and with technology of that time. But he actually predict, predicted development of technologies which were which are part of our everyday life, but at the beginning of 21st century. So maybe that that is what made him uh, that famous in, in these years.
0: The things that Tesla has his fingerprints on, like you mentioned, wireless technology, um, engines that are running almost everything that we use or many things that that we use uh general distribution of electricity is he the greatest inventor of all time i mean that 's a subjective question, but is he is that the case Do people in your judgment is he the greatest inventor that humanity has ever produced?
1: Maybe he's <laughs> well. I would be really subjective to say that since I work in his museum. But yes, I think that some of his most important inventions really uh, changed the path of humankind in the 20th century. And maybe many things would be different if Tesla didn't do what he did.
0: The last question I want to ask you is about the difference between genius and hard work. He clearly worked hard. As you mentioned, he dedicated so much of his life... No family he had social engagements, but a lot of his time was spent working on his inventions. But it also seems like from what i 've read, that a lot of the inventions that came to him almost came to him sort of in like a dream-like state that he 'd be walking around or he 'd be sleeping, and all of a sudden there would be this solution that would come over him. Um, how do you see what he was able to accomplish in their life? It doesn't seem like most people in this world are have the capacity to create the sort of things that a man like nikola tesla was able to create was it a combination of genius and hard work was it mostly an incredible genius with an incredible drive how do you see how he was able to make everything that he did in one lifetime
1: yes he really did a lot of things in in his lifetime even in his younger years, he did the most important things. So, uh, well, I, I suppose that was uh, mostly the genius, as you said, but also hardworking. And today you would have a whole team of scientists, uh, a lot of machines, a lot of uh, brainstorming, a lot of uh, people thinking about it. And he was working alone. And making all that stuff in 19th century with the tools that he had in that time. So, and as you said, uh, he said in his autobiography that uh, his ideas came to his mind like a dream, or like some kind of imagination, and that he could uh, make machines in his head and even make improvements in his head before actually. Uh, he started working on actually making physical machine so that was probably a great imagination great genius and of course a lot of hard work
0: (laughs) Ivana, thanks so much for coming on the show and talking about Nikola Tesla today thank you thanks for listening If you're interested in learning more about The Exchange, want to listen to episodes online, or would like to reach out to the show, feel free to visit the show's website at theexchangeshow.com.